You're listening to Real Relationships on JewishCoffeeHouse.com. I'm Mickey Lavenpel, marriage therapist and relationship coach. I'm comedian Molly Livingstone. Quickly taking notes before we get this started, because today we're talking about dealing with differences in dating. Dun, dun, dun. Lots of people come to me and they think, they're dating somebody, but we're so different. How could we possibly make this work? Or one of the catchphrases that I hear all the time is, he's not my team for me. He's not for me. She's not, just not my team for me. She's not, not my for type. Me. It's She's not, not my match. type. It's not, yeah. She's not my type. She's not for me. And lots of times what they're really trying to say, well, there's a million things that they could be saying with that. But I think a lot of it is that person is just so different to me. How can we possibly make it work? And I really want to bring this idea that difference is actually a wonderful thing in relationships because it actually keeps things from getting boring, right? Mm -hmm. One of the things that people who are married for a long period of time often say is, oh, you know, we just do the same old things. We eat, you know, the same seven meals every week and, you know, we don't change things up. And yeah, we go on date nights, but we always go to the same cafe or, and they agree, they're so agreeable, And oftentimes I will hear about these couples who suddenly get divorced and they were so perfect and they had everything was so samey, samey, and they were just bored out of their skull. And I think that one thing that oftentimes is missing in a couple dynamic is having enough difference to keep that charge, to keep things really alive and exciting and vibrant. So I guess the thing is, is where are the differences? Because if it's like differences on how we want to raise, raise our children, that's a big difference that right. could hurt the marriage. But if it's differences like I love reading books and he loves the movies, mm. those are fun differences that right. you can work around. Right. So you're talking about core values versus mm. not. Those are like big things. We've talked about that a lot on the show. And I don't even know that there's anything hard and fast about that because the more and more uh, couples that I see, there's religious differences. You know, one's religious, one's not religious. Yeah. Okay. So let's go with a real... That's a real difference, right? So what do you say to this person when they're concerned? That's a legit, not just Loma Timli, they're not my type, but like they obviously probably like this person and realize how do I make it work if I'm observant right. and they are not? So that is something that, it, it, look, it is going to be something that they're going to have to really think through how they're going to work that, where mommy is this way and daddy is that way. So you wouldn't say to them, oh, you should definitely break up. Absolutely not. Never. Firstly, I never tell anybody to break up. I help them work it out for themselves because that's really my job is not to tell people what to do, but to help people figure out for themselves what they need to do. And I come with a completely unbiased opinion about things. And I'm often shocked about people who choose to stay together who I would think otherwise. And some people choose to break up. And I think, what? You've got so much good stuff going on here. Why are you choosing to break up? That's really why it's, it's more helpful for me to come with an unbiased stance and for them to be able to make the decision for themselves. So let's run with that example. because so you the religious um, difference? Yeah, because yeah. I think that's a big thing for let's people Let's go Shomer Shabbat, like just because that's easy. Like keeping Shabbat versus not keeping Shabbat. Like, okay. I mean, obviously it comes with a whole lot of different things. And right, because I'll tell religious, you is as long as a piece of string. Like some people yeah. just go to the mikvah, some people don't. And I think all that sorts of things. I know people who, whether it's here in Katamon in Jerusalem or the Upper West Side in New York, when they go to a Shabbat meal, you don't necessarily know if this person is religious or not. They're right. at the same meal as you. They're kind of dressed the part, but are they dressed it because they knew they were coming here? Right. Are they going to go home and watch TV afterwards? Or are they, right. you know, is so keep it going in the pocket afterwards and right. back in the drawer? Right. <laughs> so these people then, they get to know each other. Right. They're fun. And, and then they realize, oh, dun, shoot. Dun, dun. Yeah, you don't want to keep Shabbat. Right. the way I've always envisioned that that was going to be my life. Right. 
So what do you, what would you tell them if these are a couple or a person that's questioning their relationship? So I would deal with that the same way I deal with any difference, right? I mean, let's say you're dealing with, I mean, let's just put out there all these different types of differences that really upset people and get people ticked off. Let's say being a very clean freak versus being a slob, right? Those extremes, uh, wanting to go on fancy vacations versus going camping cheap versus generous, um, being the life of a party versus being a homebody, being passionate versus being more blasé, uh, being politically left versus being politically right, being an animal lover versus not being so into animals, um, being family-oriented versus more friend-oriented, abstract versus concrete. There's a million differences. I come up with a whole list of a million differences. Not a million, maybe 20. But the, <laughs> they're very, these are very, very big differences, and they're differences that we have to traverse and work through all the time. So... I would deal with the person who wants to keep Shabbat versus not keep Shabbat in the same way that I would deal with any of these differences. And I would really talk about, you know, what is that's really important to you about keeping Shabbat and what is this important to the other one about not keeping Shabbat and where is the happy medium where you actually are going to be connecting on this very sacred day, which is sacred for you because it's holy and for the other because it's a day to go to the beach or to, to have fun. But either way, that day is a day that is a very important day for a lot of different people. And so I would talk about those differences and then see where you could weave through being together versus being apart. And then obviously there's bigger things in terms of how, you know, you raise the family, how you deal with the family once that comes in. Yeah. And I mean, like I that. just know that there was someone I tried to set up mm-hmm. and the guy was not religious and the girl's religious. And I said, he's open to it. And she said, no, thank you. I've done this too many times. I've been with guys who said they're open to it. And then it gets to a certain point and I can see that they're not going to be. Meaning she felt this is a, a, a deal, deal breaker. breaker. You okay. must be religious and not for me, yeah. but with me. So I've worked with people who thought that way too, and then met people in real life thinking this is a deal breaker. And then they fell in love with that person because they really love that person. And that deal breaker then became something else. <laughs> I guess. How did they make that jump? Because here she wouldn't even date the person. Right. Don't give me his information. Don't have him contact me. Well, I would like to see that person in 10 years time and see what happens mm. and see you know, will she look back and say, oh, darn, you know, I really missed an opportunity there. And I really could have been with the love of my life. And I was so married to this idea and thought that this is the way it has to be. And for some people, it might be that way. And some, and I really hope and pray she might find somebody who she really loves and really appreciates. But I also would really want to ask each person to really test what is it that makes that thing, like using Shabbat as an example, what does that make Shabbat really important to you? Is it just because you feel you, were, you will die and go to hell if you don't keep Shabbat? <laughs> or is it because it is something that really boosts you up and makes you feel alive and gives you so much energy and it's just this thing that you really want to imbue the family with? Is it something that you just, it's, it's a part of your culture that you grew up with and you're, you can't imagine doing anything otherwise? And I would really want to tease out all these different ways of looking at this experience for them. I, I got to tell you, I, I'm just thinking back, just what popped into my mind was this, this example of this couple that came to me. They were very similar in so many ways. It was unbelievable. And they were engaged and they were both fashion designers. Hmm, uh, and they, I think they even worked together. I'm not sure. But they were both fashion designers and they were both clean freaks. They were both clean oh, freaks. Oh, my gosh. And I kid you not, they were arguing about the fact that even though they're both very neat people, she, for some reason, would always forget to put 
the cap on the toothpaste. I really, I'm not joking. This is a real life case that it's came to me many, many years toothpaste. ago. It's crazy. It's all about the toothpaste. Yeah. I have had so many, so yeah, many people in my crazy. office about the you toothpaste. squeeze it wrong. You don't put it back where it's right. supposed to be. I can never find it. Right. The and gunk's coming out. This was something that was causing them a tremendous amount of stress because <laughs> for him, it was like a real issue that if you don't put that cap on the toothpaste. You've ignored my existence. It has a tremendous amount of meaning for him. He came from a very poor background. Yeah. Uh, I remember this is going back like 20, almost 20 years ago when I was working in Australia and he came from this very poor Greek immigrant family. They had like no money and toothpaste, you know, when you don't put the cap on it, it goes hard. And like the, the thought of spending that extra few yeah. bucks on the toothpaste to him was like, you don't value the things yeah. that you have and you are so lucky and you're just you're gonna waste all our our, our money on things like toothpaste and we're not gonna be able to have the bigger kind things of agreeing with him yeah right i know right? <laughs> you can relate and the girl was like she she grew up from a more you know like they they bought toothpaste on a regular basis well not not even i mean actually she also came from a she was actually from a single parent family she actually had a different approach to keeping the house clean for her it was coming from a fun light place her mom used to make cleaning a fun activity that they would do on the weekends and mm. it was a bonding experience so for her it wasn't coming from a place of fear it was coming from a place of love and for him he was approaching the whole cleanliness thing from a place of fear and trepidation if that toothpaste you know if we don't have enough toothpaste we won't be able to brush our teeth and then we'll get cavities and then we'll die and you know he was taking it to so such a great you know he, he was brain yeah. was really going far with it yeah and so it was really about helping each hold the space where each of them could see what it was that was freaking them out and really you know it wasn't about the toothpaste i think the toothpaste was i just think object. in a lot of these situations especially with differences you have to have the third person that's not that doesn't come with a bias right. hear you out. It's almost like a Judge Judy court situation. Like you need to be like, well, he didn't pay for the contract. That was, you know, like, and and have this like, what are you talking about situation? Because you do you you have these beliefs. You yeah. come into life yeah. and relationships with beliefs that are one hundred percent accurate. Right. I mean, I also I can feel him on so many levels because my dad told me if you walk by a penny and you do not pick it up, that is the end. You will never be a smart and wealthy person because wow. you neglected the penny. And so I went into this relationship, into my life. If I lost five shekels, sometimes people put money in their pot, whatever. I punished out. myself. I would say, yeah. oh, I'll teach myself a lesson. I'm not yeah. going to go to dinner. Not for one day, but two. Ha ha. And I'll never. Yeah. And my husband wow. was like, what are you doing? Like, you look like, Chill a, out. yeah, like eat the French fries. And, and for him, it made me feel like you're disrespecting me mm. and you don't get it. And it made us have fights and wow. we're not enjoying anything. And it was only at a point where you start to realize from the outside, maybe you complain to friends or maybe, you know, we did go to relationship counseling and go, is this really accurate? Like, is this really a thing? Like, are you really going to be poor if you don't pick up every single penny? Right. And does that mean if you really go out for one meal, like you're going to then suffer to the point where, you know, now I can say to him, we do deserve a vacation. Wow. How yeah. Nice. It's, I, Thank God. We didn't book the tickets, but I agreed to the notion. Good. Okay. Which is like a big step. That's already there. You're, yeah. you're almost there. Yeah. So 
it, but it's very hard to let go of those beliefs. So what right. did you tell the, the toothpaste so, couple? Well, I didn't have to tell them anything. They, I helped them figure it out for themselves. So I really just sat with them and helped them really dissect where the idea comes from that if you don't put the cap on the toothpaste, you will die and go to hell. <laughs> and where do you get the idea that, you know, it's okay, you'll survive if you lose the three bucks and you have to buy it again or... You know, and when they were able to each see each other's perspectives and see how, it's really about how they value money. Yes. You know, and it wasn't about, the funny thing is they thought they were coming to me to talk about how they have different values in cleanliness and it, that wasn't it at all. It was really about money. It was about how Which they is why you money. need this third party. Right, because you, you have to make sure you're arguing about the right thing, first of all. Right. And then once you just really understand all the childhood trauma that comes <laughs> into um, this fight that you're fighting about 20 years, 20 years later, and you're Insane. seeing how, right, how this is influencing you as a person and then the dynamic in the relationship. And it just helps you to just kind of calm yourself down and really let go and see that the less you're going to put pressure on your partner about putting the cap on the toothpaste, the more she will probably remember because she'll want to do it for you because she actually loves you rather than fears you. Mm. Right? And that's a really big thing. And that's a that's huge a- shift in the couple dynamic. Absolutely. So it's about really just unpacking all the childhood stuff, really healing some of that stuff and realizing that, yes, you were very badly traumatized by coming from a poor background and realizing that um, you can actually do things differently. You don't have to live in this uptight sort of way. You can actually realize that, actually, thank God, you do have, you're in a different circumstance now, or even if you're not in a different circumstance, even if you are still struggling with money, you can look at money a little bit differently, and you could react and respond a little bit differently and talk to your partner about it differently, and you could just take a deep breath and see their perspective. And when you're actually able to see their perspective, see, this is what I love about difference in relationships, is that when we each come to the relationship, with different perspectives, it really enriches us. It mm-hmm. really challenges us and it makes us grow. It's kind of like the whole, I mean, in, in Brayshit, you know, it says that we are choosing an Ezer Konegdo. It is someone who is against us. What does that mean that they're against us? It means that they are, their ideas are going to be different from our ideas. We're not marrying someone who's going to be exactly like us. And I don't think, even if I was, you know, counseling a couple who were both born in Brooklyn and went to the same high schools and the same camps and the same everythings, you just look at their family dynamics and it'll be completely different, completely different. One will come from a more uh, background where shouting is more of a culture and one will come from a background where, um, you know, we, we don't talk about the difficult things and it, that completely changes the, the, the whole dynamic of the relationship. So just getting back to the, the beauty of difference is that when we have differences, we actually have the, the ability to grow as an individual, and then to grow more as a couple. And then the more we grow as a couple, the more we're educating our children and our families, and the more we're creating more possibilities. Whereas if we feel we have to stay within the system that we grew up with, and we have to be exactly like that, and we have to be as hardcore as whatever it is that we grew up with, and we bring that into our next family, what are we creating? We're not creating something different. We're creating something the same as what we had from before. And what we had before you know, there might have been some wonderful things that we grew up with, uh, something, some things that we think are really great, but I'm sure everybody, even people who from non-traumatized backgrounds, which is a lot of us, thank God, right? Even from non-traumatized backgrounds, there's always something you want to do better. There's always something you want to do different, right? And so the more aware we are of why we are fixated and married to certain ideas and certain ways of being, the more we can challenge those things, the more we can invite different ideas in, and the more we can um, create a dialogue with our partner that is filled with less conflict, and the more we could create 
um, a whole new entity. And it's that's the excitement, I think, of um, it is. When difference. You say all, all like that, yeah. It sounds, sounds really good, right? Yeah, it sounds good because, you know, we're all brought up like, don't marry someone poor, don't marry, like, don't marry, you know, even when I married a Yemenite, it was very hard on my family because they're just like, you're just going to get lost in your ways. Like you're, you come from two totally different cultures. And I do, I do see it at times that things get very confusing and weird. And Mm. he has weird, like dessert is not nuts. I don't, why, (laughs) why would you sweet? Yeah. I just don't (laughs) even get that. But like, you know, so like, okay, I'm disappointed when we go to like a Yemenite meal and they're like dessert and then they bring out some nutty nutters, but that's why they're so skinny. <laughs> that is that. And they have, yeah, they can't afford to eat, but yeah, uh, <laughs> no, they can. And nuts are expensive, that's true. but no, but it is these little things. Then again, I was raised on, I love Lucy where it was, you know, the American redhead married to the Cuban, which right. at the time in the fifties was like, oh, just mixed Cuba. Marriage. Yeah. But the missile crisis oh, right. and everything, it was so much more, and they were so fun about it. And I right. that must have had some kind of influence. Wouldn't it be right. fun to, you know, be with someone who can't pronounce words that you just say on a daily basis? Right. And vice versa. For him, he married just like his mom is American and married the Yemenite. Right. So he calls it the family tradition at this point. <laughs> but it's true. I, I was trying to think while you were saying that beautiful, uplifting speech, if there were these lines of careful, that that is too much of a difference. That is actually too much. So that's really where you you do need to be mindful of what it is that's really triggering you. But I would also say that the more aware you are of how that's hitting you, what is it that like with the Shabbat thing? Is it really too much? Is it and 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 that's okay if that specific issue is too much for you. But know why it is, and really know if it is for the right reasons. Is if it's just for something that's superficial, that's not a real reason, then that's not a reason. If it's something for a deep, hardcore value reason, then that's something to really think about. And just because you necess- you know, you've always dreamed of, of these Shabbats where the whole family participates, doesn't mean it can't be a little bit different as well if you do marry somebody who doesn't keep Shabbat. And, that, and I've seen couples who are working really hard to do that, who are creating that. And you're seeing more, you're seeing more and more communities popping up all over Israel for mixed, mixed marriages of, mm. you know, uh, religious, religious and non-religious. And I think it's a wonderful thing that they're enabling that to happen because I think it's creating possibilities that people never thought could exist before. And I think we need to create more possibilities. So embrace the difference is your takeaway. Yeah, well, that's, yeah. It, it, yeah, but think... It's going to be a nice <laughs> tagline and now it won't. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Embrace, embrace difference, but also really know, um, really know yourself when you're thinking about it. Right. I think that also, it's always your point is that in the relationship, the one is you more than putting it on the other person. That's always, I feel. I'm glad you've learned that, Molly. Thank you. I learned it every (laughs) single episode. And by the way, they could listen to another episode. We talked about core values because I think people sometimes don't understand, wait, I have core values. What are they? Yeah. So we've discussed that before. And if you have questions, you can always email us. And how about we get them some homework? Okay, do it. Yeah. So how about um, if you think about some differences that are cropping up for you and your dating and things that come up for you time and time again, send us an email and let us know about that. And we'll try and help you work through it. We'll talk about it on a show or we'll send you an email back and let you know about some ideas that you can have to to work through that. So you can send us an email at realrelationships at jewishcoffeehouse.com. And 
if you want to have Mickey be your third party supporter, helper, whatever, she can do it anywhere from the world, by the way, thanks to internet. How can they get in touch with you? Yep. You can find me on Mickey Lavin Pell, M-I-C-K-I-L-A-V-I-N-P-E-L-L dot co dot il and if you mention real relationships you get a 10 percent discount yeah so make sure you guys are subscribing because we answer so many questions but also your questions give us more questions to be asking and we really appreciate that of course we will always keep it anonymous unless you're like me and i like to put my name on everything but otherwise you can also give us a fake name that's fun all right this has been another episode of real relationships on jewishcoffeehouse.com Subscribe to this and other great podcasts at jewishcoffeehouse.com, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and iTunes. And please go to iTunes and rate and review us. It will help us a lot. Real Relationships is a production of jewishcoffeehouse.com.